It's Wednesday the 17th of May. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicker here with Shane Lee, who I cannot believe that you have somehow scored this. But is it true that you are going to one of the great racing spectacles in the world, Monaco, for the F1? I am, mate. I'm off uh, I'm off on Friday. Uh, I'm very excited. We've, we've done a deal with a, uh, a content site out of the UK called sports.com, and they want to become the biggest sports content um, site in the world. Um, they're looking to going to be buying sporting assets, and we're the audio partner, mate. So I'm going to be going over there to do some podcasting off the back of a super yacht. And Monica, work, work, work. Why am I not <laughs> invited to this? This is going to be an ongoing gig, mate. This is going to be our first one. So, I'm here yeah. three days a week, you know, battling away. Dan McHugh, the producer's here as well. And you get yep. to go over to Monaco. <laughs> Well, mate, that's the way that's the way the cookie crumbles. But uh, look, wow. I'm very excited. I've, I, I bought some new um, some new white pants and some new blue loafers. I'm ready to go, mate. Mate, you're going to look out of place, brother. All right, <laughs> I tell you now. I went. I was at the Australian Grand Prix and somehow jagged some all access passes this wow. past year. And yep. um, I tell you what, I wandered into the Red Bull, like the fancy Red Bull um, yeah. area. And they had like Perez doing an interview and all that kind of jazz. I'll tell you what, mm. they're, they're not serving up party pies and uh, spring rolls no. when they're walking around there. It's like, oh, would you like some grilled salmon and some kingfish <laughs> and some caviar? I was like, I did not. I shouldn't be here. <laughs> this isn't where I belong. Uh, and you're going to feel the exact same way, mate, and you're not going to have your friends around you. So that's on you. So it's going to be good, mate. So I'm going to be reporting. <laughs> we'll be doing afternoon sport while we're there. So I'll be reporting back on what's happening over there and, um, yeah, hopefully be doing some interviews with a few of the F1 drivers as well which would be fantastic. Yeah, well, I'm not going to be doing that episode, all right? So, um, all right, look, we've got plenty to get in on the pod today. Let's go cricket, soccer, tennis, AFL and NRL, of course. Um, so let's get into it. At Gradability, we believe that every graduate should have the skills and opportunity to pursue the career of their choice. But sometimes we need help to bridge that gap. And that's where the Gradability Accelerator Plus program or GAP program comes in. The GAP program is designed to supplement your learning with real-life experience at one of our almost 12,000 host employers, giving you the vital experience needed to kickstart your professional career. Visit gradability.com.au for more information. Well, Shano, it's one of the great rivalries in sport, but it's also one of the great rivalries just geopolitically mm. as well. And things are popping up between Pakistan and India when it comes to cricket. What's happening? Well, this goes way back to 1947 when um, both India and Pakistan gained their independence from Britain. Uh, they've been fighting ever since. <laughs> These two countries just pretty much hate each other. Um uh, and it's, it's interesting, and it comes down to cricket. So what they're talking about now, the chairman of the Pakistan Cricket Board is demanding that the World Cup games are moved out of the host country, India, because India don't want to come to Pakistan prior to the World Cup and play in their Asia Cup. So India is pretty much, and BCCI, the Indian Cricket Board, is so powerful, they just said, we're not going to Pakistan. And this goes back to 2009 when the Sri Lankan cricket team were there. A former teammate of mine, Trevor Bales, was the coach, and the bus was shot up. And, and Trevor Bale oh. said that was a horrible situation. Um, they just started playing cricket back in Pakistan since that attack in 2009. Um, but Trevor Bale said if the bus driver who was shot in the arm didn't continue to put his foot down and keep driving, they'd all be dead. 
Man. So it was a horrible situation. And there's a lot of political unrest at the moment in Pakistan yeah. right now Correct. with uh, Imran Khan and whatnot uh, with mm-hmm. their political uprising. I can kind of understand uh, yeah. some of the aspects of not wanting to head on over there, but like you said, it's kind of hard to pick a fight with the Indian cricket <laughs> governing yeah. body when they control yeah. so much. I mean, just last week we were talking about how they're dishing out contracts that are going to basically affect the world game potentially from now moving forward. So I I doubt this is going to change the Indian cricket board's mind. No, it definitely won't. And the thing is that the the players who play down for India are earning, you know, some some are earning hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Hmm. Um, So they won't want to put their life at risk by going and playing in Pakistan where they could be targets. Yeah, fair enough. Well, uh, it's not not good signs for India and Pakistan at the moment, not going to lie. But let's move along to tennis, right? Something a bit different, a bit more positive, I guess. Uh, Nick Kyrgios has delivered a bit of an official announcement. We now know what he is going to be doing in regards to the French Open, which is not too far away. Yeah, he's not playing. He's he's injured. (laughs) He's He's had a horrible 2023 um, if you just remember back, um, he was almost in the top 10 players in the world yeah. uh, last year before the Tokyo ATP, but he hasn't played a game since. Um, you know, he's never been, I don't think, a huge trainer. <laughs> so, well, he doesn't have a coach. No, he doesn't have a coach. And um, you saw some of those funny highlights before the Wimbledon. He's just having like little underarm taps with his girlfriend on the tennis court. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm concerned Look. about Kyrgios this year. I think he was already flirting with the idea of retirement. I know that he got the itch after having a good run um, mm. just uh, at the Wimbledon not too long ago. And obviously, you know, we were hoping for a really good run at the Aussie Open. Uh, I wonder if we're now at the Philippousis-esque level of his career where mm, he might maybe. not be a big competitor in these tournaments. He'll just pop in, pop in for majors that he gets on status. And, uh, you know, he's still, if any tournament he's in, he's got the chance to shock the world. I mean, everyone on circuit says he's a top 10 talent. And I think he'll just he'll play on surfaces that don't really uh, put too much wear and tear on him. So playing the French Open on clay yeah. is not, not his style of tennis anyway. He looks short. No, exactly. I think Wimbledon's where we're looking at the next yeah. one. And I think because he had such okay. a good time there last time, I think that's probably more likely to be yeah. where we'll see yeah. a real big turn up in how he's training and how he's going. Um, mm. But let's talk about a guy that is doing so well um but then <laughs> who knows <laughs> spanish freak carlos alcaraz man one of the most shocking results this is the this is the quote which i think is amazing most shocking results of the decade if not the century i mean come <laughs> on now <laughs> well it's it's he's beaten by a hungarian guy called fabian uh Mazasan, mm. and he he's basically never beat, beaten a top 100 player ever yeah not a top 100 and he and he's knocked off the potentially the number one ranked player in the world. Look, he's 20 years old. I still think he's unbackable favourite for the French Open. Yeah. Um, Alcaraz, but um, and this might be the little scare that he needed. I wonder if we're starting, you know, Nadal's going mm. out the door. Yep. Djokovic has also got a few injury scares again now. That's right. Um, I wonder if we're starting to hit an area of parity in the men's draw mm. that is... Could we? I don't know. Maybe I'm over like, exaggerating this, but could we be looking at a tennis men's draw that could be as open as the women's draw in the next few years where the I, I think, difference between yeah. 1 and 20 isn't as outrageous as it seems yeah you're going to see a lot of different winners I think and you know in the last what 20 years has been one of three pretty much won most tournaments mm. the big the big three but I think you're going to see a lot of guys come from from yeah 
not obscurity, but from some higher ranked positions to to start win majors. It is very very open now. Do you think that's going to be good or bad for tennis? It's been I think it's two decades more uh, of the same kind of names in the top mm. draw, and it's been some would say a golden age of tennis. You know, it's grown as a sport. It's its broadcasting has been huge. Its impact around the world world has been massive. It's had superstar names: Djokovic, Nadal, yep. Federer. You know, mm. Murray in all yep. areas, like in all different um, areas of the world. If these, when these names are now out the door, and we start to see names bouncing around the draw and possibly winning up and down, is that going to be good, or do you reckon that might make things plateau a bit? I think it's good. I think it's good because I think people want to see other guys win, but also they want their heroes. And I, I know when I've gone to the tennis, you, you want to you want to watch one of the the main guys. Like first time I got to see Roger Federer play live, that was a hmm. a dream for me. Um, we share a birthday. That's about it. Well, hey. Not a forehand or a backhand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, amazing to watch those superstars. And and look, I think this Alcaraz guy has the chance to emerge and become the number one player in the world for a long time. Um, he's only 20. He's made a mistake. He's been knocked out early hmm. in the Italian Open, but I bet, I bet you he bounces back in the French. Yeah, surely. Uh, let's turn yep. to the, the world game quickly as well. Uh, the PFA, Professional Footballers Association, mm. uh, looking at some of the issues that have happened. It's, honestly, it's happened around the world over the last yep. probably 12 months, six months even. Uh, players having impacts with, uh, well, altercations, not necessarily, but like, you know, being approached by supporters who have gotten themselves onto the field or even down the mm. tunnel. Now it's a conversation by the Players Association about uh, whether they need to seek some legal advice for players. Well, they're saying whether the players can use reasonable force to defend themselves. Mm. And surely they can. And this is off the back, the latest one in the EPL match, the Newcastle manager, Eddie Howe, was confronted. Like a fan just walked up to him and just gave him absolute abuse. Yeah. And he sort of, you could sort of, he looked sideways and going, "What the hell are you doing here?" I didn't know who it was. Mm. And then the security finally react, and uh, they got an improved security because someone is going to get really hurt if not. Yeah, you know, I hate to say it, killed. Yeah, well, I mean, you only had in the A League, you had uh, flares being shot mm-hmm. at a, goal, a goalkeeper and whatnot, and then the <laughs> fans stormed the field, which is probably the most exciting thing that's happened in the A League in a while. Um, did, did the keeper push the flare over the bar? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's definitely a, a worrying sign moving forward. For so I, I think, Matt, look, you were part of a sport that had one of the great. Mm. Uh, bounce back moments of a player when Simon's put the shoulder on that streaker. Yeah. How good was that? <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. that's reasonable force if, if I've ever seen it. So, <laughs> yeah, Simo, a strong boy. He knocked, he knocked that guy off his feet. It was good to watch, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, hey, the World Games going to be taking over Australia not too far away, actually, in the coming months with the FIFA Women's World Cup. Things are really starting to ramp up. Uh, I know in Brisbane, they're really starting to turn the gears into going, all right, we're going to be a football town very soon. Um, and it's also happening in WA, where almost kind of going back to their roots a little bit, uh, going back to turning Danish for the FIFA World Cup. <laughs> well, there's a town in West Australia called Denmark, mm. and uh, they are going to turn that into a small um, a small Denmark, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. The streets are going to be coloured in red and white, and um, they're going to be all things Vikings and et cetera, et cetera. So it's a nice little tourism promo for them. Um, but, yeah, people are getting very, very excited now. And I think with Sam Kerr doing so well and the Aussie girls, playing well hmm. it's our first real sort of football tournament men or women where we're going in with a I think a decent chance of, of taking away the silverware and surely everyone in Australia knows this is a dress rehearsal to be like look at some point the corruption at FIFA needs to look at Australia as a viable option hmm. and if we make this one go well even to just get the Women's World Cup back yep. in a short period of time because this tournament will be I think 
quite a quite a spectacle to be a part of. And like you said, we've got a team that can win. That's it. How good? Hey, uh, we're going to come back in just a moment with some NRL, AFL, and some NBA news for you as the playoffs have been shaken. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Let's uh, quickly touch on some AFL here, Shano. Obviously, the talk of the uh, league at the moment is, of course, the Tasmanian side that was all but confirmed last week. Mm-hmm. But now, okay. now the politics oh. come into play. No stadium, no team, says the AFL. Now we've got political parties dictating whether the Tasmanian side will exist. Has Gillan McLaughlin shot his load too quick here? <laughs> he's, he's announced it. Um, the uh, our prime minister said they're going to put three hundred five million dollars in. Mm. And that goes with the three hundred sixty million dollars from the AFL to build the stadium. Mm-hmm. Now on Friday, two Tasmanian Liberal MPs uh, who are opposed to the stadium being built, they want to keep it green and that they don't want the stadium for whatever reason. Mm. They've now resigned, throwing the Tasmanian government into minority. So it oh. just may not happen. And Gillan McLaughlin's been very very clear, the AFL CEO, no stadium. No, no team, so no license. So, just gonna be a lot of devastated uh, sports lovers, in particular AFL lovers in, in Tasmania. Now that this may not happen after it's been announced that it was. So, is this mostly to do with the location? Because I know where they wanted to put it in yeah. Tasmania is the yep. controversy, because there's a memorial mm. and some other yep. things around there. Why not just move the stadium? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not into the into the real politics of why they're deciding this, but it's uh, they, they need to sort it out, sort it out fast because. These licenses don't just come up every now and then. The AFL is very strategic in where they put their teams. A lot of thoughts got into it, a lot of funding. Um, a lot of people already signed off on it. Tasmania need to get it right because they, they deserve to have their own football team down there. Oh, look, let's be real. It's going to happen. I don't think there's any issue around it. You don't get this kind of guarantee from the Fed and the AFL no. and it doesn't go ahead. So if you're listening from Tasmania and you're worried, I wouldn't yeah. be. It's coming. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's coming. Good. And Warner Brothers is going to sign off on them being the devils, I reckon. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. It'll be Warner Brothers Stadium. It'll be Batman Stadium or something like that. Yeah, love it. <laughs> uh, NRL, your dragons. Wowee. Mm. It's happened, and even yep. even the thing that we all knew needed to happen, which was Hook getting hooked, yep. you guys even managed to fuck that up. <laughs> uh, it's embarrassing one. I watched, I watched the press conference yesterday. Oh. I was actually with um, one of the owners, Andrew Gordon, uh, and board member, um, and I was getting the insight on what was going on with that. Um, yep, ding dong, the witch is dead. So Griffin's gone. The thing they haven't done is they've just made the assistant coach, Ryan Carr, the caretaker um, at the moment. So... The coach hasn't even really been identified, according to Andrew. He said, yes, Riles is in there, Ben Hornby's in there. But the discussions at this stage have not been um, really developed um, and no decisions have been made just yet. So they're going to take their time to make this decision. Honestly, I, yeah, I think that's embarrassing. it's okay. one of the worst displays. To have to also yeah. let Jack DeBellin and Asylumac yeah. approach media... 30 minutes after you've just sacked Hook, mm. players don't even really know. 
you guys yeah. weren't even there to talk to the media, which I think is a huge stuff up by you yep. as a club. Mm. And this is Tiger-esque viewing yeah, it when it comes to free agents who are looking to go somewhere. Surely Ben Hunt is going to leave this club because uh, the word was that he didn't even really know what the go was with Hook with this meeting and him getting kicked out. And we know that Griffin was a huge part of Hunt wanting to stick around. We're not sure if he has a clause in there, but if he does, oh, my Lord. Um, yeah. But it's such troubling signs. And you know what? This this role is thrown around a lot in rugby league. And mm-hmm. in some clubs, it's uh, probably a faux position than actually a real one. But I think if there was ever a club that needed a director of football... Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like what Gus has done to clubs, what Wayne did for the New Zealand side. Like Mm -hmm. if there was ever a club that needed someone like that who's not the coach but knows how to build a system, God, it's the Dragons because you guys have just been chaotic. Like it's it's insane that this is how you end up doing it as well. It's obvious that you guys wanted to sack him in the off-season last year. Why didn't you just do it? Because it's like if you didn't have your guy then – and you didn't mm. sack him because you're holding on, and now you're sacking That's him right. now, and you still don't have your guy. What are you doing? Yeah, I, know. I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're not not very um, decisive at all. Um, and you got guys like um, you know, Peter Doust, who's been there at the Dragons for over 20 years on the board, is a great survivor. Maybe it's time they had a real refresh of the, from the top down. I think. I think. I think you're right. And uh, but I will say this: if you've got some money, just put a tanner on the Dragons to win this weekend because there is that classic yeah, caretaker coach wins yeah. their first game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. They always do. Who are we playing, by the way? I don't even know who we're playing. Who are you playing this weekend? The Dragons. I think if you got the bye, God, it'd be a good time to have a bye. <laughs> well, we already claimed that round one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you, you almost lost to that too. Yeah, that's right. Mate, you're up against the Roosters who are probably stinging after a bad loss. So who knows what will happen in that game, to be honest. <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. Um, hey, let's quickly touch on this one. I know we're running short on time, but... The Rugby League World Cup has just been going from strength to strength. Mm. And uh, now it has had a huge setback. France, the host nation, pulling out for 2025. Who do you think is going to take over the raids? Uh, I think it'll come to Australia and New Zealand, won't it? I really think it will as well. I think yeah. it'll come back down here. Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> that, that, that's a safe bet because they, they know that we can do it um, They know, and at short notice. It's funny, the French government um, and people, the, the organisers, they got the 2023 Rugby Union World Cup this year, mm. um, but they just said they just could not meet the financial requirements and guarantees that the um, you know, that the governing body of Rugby League put on them, and they've just said no to it at the last minute. So it's coming to Australia, I think. Bring it down here. Yeah, bring Get it here. down to Australia. Yeah. Bring it back. This is where it belongs, guys. Yes, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a magic ground every week then. Yes, exactly. You know what? All of them can be hosted at Suncorp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, lastly, before we wrap things up, the NBA playoffs. We're looking at the conference finals now. Bunch of teams eliminated. I've got one big question for you, Shano. Mm-hmm. Can the Lakers do it? I think they can. Um, <laughs> they've got to beat Denver first, don't they? They do. They have to get through the Nuggets. Who? Yeah, who I Jokic. think are a very good team. I reckon that that's, if they get past them, I reckon they're, they're a really good chance then. But I think this could be, this could be their booby team. You know what's wild, though, is we're looking at, at the possibility of another storied chapter, like another chapter in the storied rivalry of the Celtics-Lakers because the Celtics are taking on Miami and Miami, much like the Lakers, had to play in to get into the playoffs, right? Yep. The unofficial yep. extra playoff game that gets you in. So you've got two play-in teams 
you do. Who essentially didn't make – it's like not making the top eight. Yep, yep. In a way. Yep. They had to play their way in, and they've now made it all the way to the conference finals. I think the Heat are on a tear, but the Celtics should, by all rights, mm-hmm. beat the Heat. Yep. Um, and we could see a Lakers-Celtics uh, battle in the NBA finals yet again in the history of the sport. They have been one of the biggest finals rivals ever. Yeah. And I think if it's those two teams taking each other on, I think the Lakers beat the Celtics. I think they will. They're just going to pass Denver first, I think. We are really just dismissing yeah. Denver, though. <laughs> like, I know, I know. Hey, listen, just one, one quick last story. What about this um, The number one draft pick, this young French 19-year-old? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Victor Wembenyama. He's seven foot four inches tall. Yeah, have you seen I- him? He's a ma- and he's athletic. He's athletic and he can shoot a three. Can he- I didn't know that. Well, I, I, yes. I, I know he just broke all the records in the under under nineteen championships where he did more blocks per game than anyone else because he's that tall. He must have stand in front of one to smack the ball back down at their face. Mate, he is an absolute freak and he can shoot. Big guy. He was the best prospect they reckon since LeBron James. This kid. Yeah, I think the biggest concern is with these tall guys though, injuries. Uh, is injuries and and how much size they can naturally put on like he yeah. is thin yeah. uh but you look at you know he's got a kd-esque kind of mm. run to his game i feel but um but yeah that defensive is going to be huge it'll be interesting to see who decides to well i mean the lottery the beauty of the lottery in the nba is you never know who's going to get that number one pick but he's 100 percent the number one pick he is definitely a huge mate now what, what, watch that space mate that's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. And before we go, Shano, a big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors, Elite Bet, the only betting app you'll ever need. Now, Afternoon Sport will be back tomorrow. And then I'm guessing, when do you fly out to Monaco, you jerk? <laughs> Friday, mate. Friday. Friday. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You're turning left of the plane. <laughs> Bong, champagne. Let's oh, go. Get out. <laughs> Seat back. Shane Lee here. I'm here with uh, with Stephen Chris uh, on Fire Up. It's one of the funniest uh, rugby league shows you'll ever hear. They talk more about the footy. They talk about life. Find Fire Up on any podcast app.